Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. So today, I'm bringing back Jack Andrews for the second of the three interviews that he and I did a while back. Before we get to that, let me thank my sponsor, Sailrite. Looking for a sewing machine that's both portable and powerful? Look no further than the legendary Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1. Take it to the marina, store it on your boat. The Ultrafeed goes where you go. This high-performing, heavy-duty machine sews both in zigzag and straight stitch. The Ultrafeed can handle your toughest jobs with absolutely zero loss of power or skip stitches. It breezes through up to 10 layers of Sunbrella canvas and 8 layers of Dacron sailcloth. With the most dependable all-metal internal components, the Ultrafeed is a piece of well-engineered machinery that's built to last. Sailrite has been building the Ultrafeed for over 20 years. This tried-and-true powerhouse machine comes with a 5-year limited warranty and the best customer service in the industry. The machines are assembled, fine-tuned, and tested at Sailrite's manufacturing facility by a team of highly trained technicians. Every machine is calibrated and tested before it's shipped to guarantee both smooth operation and machine quality. Take your sewing skills to the next level with the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSZ-1 sewing machine. All right, I'm back with Jack. This is the second part of our conversation uh, on his sale in the summer of 2019 from Marina Ragusa. When we last talked, you were talking about sailing up the east side of Corsica. And the west said, side. Oh, excuse me, the west side of Corsica. That's right. It looks like there's yeah. not much on the east side. There's a couple languages, but not much on the east side. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, that's what I understand. I mean, obviously, I haven't done the east side. Um, we've, we've done, like I said, a couple of anchorages north of Porto Vecchio on the east side and then I think after that you get quite a long stretch where there's not a lot um, that happens and certainly the far more interesting coast is the west coast um, and yeah really spectacular I mean there's a national park there um, you know it's it's fairly uninhabitable uninhabited um, a lot of you know boater activity because it's sort of the only way you get to move around um, Calvi was where that B-17 was that um, that we did a dive on and Calvi as a as a location is you know, a spectacular town very very popular because anyone coming from the um, south of France that's one of the first ports they hit um, I see some ferry routes coming in there yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Bonifacio, uh, I had my birthday on Bonifacio. Well, there is a uh, little beach. I'm not sure if you, if you look at zoom in on Bonifacio, it's this very long natural yeah marina harbour, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So one end of it, which is the east side of it, you've got the marina itself, um, and for us, you know, we're we're 46 feet overall. Um, you know, you, out of the very peak season, you're paying about 80-something euro a night there. 
but if you go into what's called the creek, and I'm sure I mentioned this last time, uh, the creek is 25 euro a night. And the thing about the creek is you come in there and you tie yourself up. You don't have water or power, but you've got dinghy access to the marina and you've got access to their facilities because you, you're still paying to, to be there. Um, so, you know, you can fill up water, you can take rubbish ashore, you can use their showers, you know, if, if you wish, all that sort of stuff. But the creek is always about two or so degrees cooler, two maybe to five degrees, three, four degrees cooler than, than the marina. And, of course, this is usually peak summer, so, and it's a protected harbour, lots of cliffs and so forth, so it's, it, there's not a lot of wind there, so it's nice that it's cooler. Um, it's immensely quieter, so you don't have any of the bar noises that you have around the um, sort of perimeter of the marina. So you've got this lovely secluded area of Bonifacio that is inexpensive, slightly cooler, great place to be. Unfortunately, I hear that they're putting in floating docks with power and water in there now for, for the next coming year. Still not connected to the marina because, you, you know, you're still going to have to use your dinghy, but uh, it might mean that it's a little bit more expensive than 25 euro a night. Um, and, and then, so that creek is the one that's closest to the marina. One left of that, there is... Um, there is another little area, and it's got this fantastic little beach on. So we had about um, about uh, I think eight eight or so boats turn up in the creek, and then we all took our dinghies over to to this other beach, which on no far land is now Jack's Beach, which ah, I'm, I'm looking at it now on Google Earth. Yeah, so that's Jack. I'm going to put a marker here, Jack's no, Beach I here. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so, so I had a birthday party there, and it was just fantastic. So if you're ever looking for a secluded beach and you could go swimming there, the kids loved it. We had a whole bunch of children just playing in the water there. Um, but, you know, you know, you can turn up there anytime you want. No one uses it. Everyone's in the marina. Um, and it's nice white sand, you know, clear water still. Certainly not polluted, not like a marina uh, mm -hmm. is. And, uh, yeah, good good place to be. And from there, you can do a little dinghy trip. And if you go back out of Bonifacio uh, Harbour and you go slightly, slightly uh, around the point to the north, and you'll see it on Google Earth, you'll see this indentation mm -hmm. where there's this hole. Yep. In, yeah. Well, around that side there, there's this cave. And you can take your dinghy into the cave um, it's big enough that the tour boat operators go in there um, and they turn the boats around inside and come back out the other way. So you have to be careful that there's not a boat coming out as you're going in. Um, but it's quite a decent-sized cave and it's fairly amazing. Yeah, I see where it pokes down from the, from the, from the aerial view straight down and then I'm clicking on these... Uh images on Google Earth and showing the cave inside. So I guess you go from the sea through it into where it pokes its, uh, where the sunlight yeah. comes in outside then, right? Up, up yeah, a little absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that looks interesting. It looks fun. Uh, it's, it, it is definitely. Um, and Bonifacio, it's got a lot of history and 
it's an amazing place to explore. I mean, it's a great place to be. If you can get in the creek, it's not expensive. You don't feel too bad about it. If you go in the marina, well, you know, pay a little bit more. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, we'll get uh, some rain coming through at the moment. Oh, yeah, I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question because I'm going to be doing this this summer. I'm starting out in Montfalcone, Italy, and working my way down to Venice and down a little farther off the uh, the coast of Italy. So where's... Where's your boat right now? Your boat's near Venice, right? Yeah, it's in Montfalcone, which is about um, yeah. eight, eight. It's as far north in the uh, Adriatic as you can get. It you don't go any farther north. So okay, yes. So when you come down, make sure you go to um, I think it's Grotto. Is it Grotto? Grotto. Yeah, I've oh. been there twice already. So I've done Grotto oh, okay. twice. Oh, you've done Grotto. Yeah, because okay. we went to Venice last year, but this year my wife will join me, so she hasn't done this trip. So she'll be doing. We'll be repeating the same thing again. So we'll go to Grotto, and then I don't know if you ever went up to uh, Maruna, Maruno Luganari up the river, uh, just south no. of the Grotto. I got stuck there no, last we did. year. Yeah, and then we'll head on over and hit Maruno, Maruno, and Venice. And then work our way down the coast a little ways. But my question was, do you need to check out of Italy before you go over to Croatia? Or do you just need to um, just check into Croatia? Do you just leave Italy and then just go check into Croatia? Because we'll be checking uh, in at Solid. Yeah. yeah, okay. So um, that's what we did. We went straight across from um, the east coast of Italy to Croatia and checked in. Okay. And there were certainly no issues with that. Okay. You, you know. That's what I was thinking. The Croatians. I mean, well, this is three years ago yeah, now, but yeah, well, that's yeah. I, you know, I take uh, I've got all these um, routes that have been tracked over the years by uh, Gaja sailing boat Gaja. And, oh yes, yes, and so I mean, I'm sort of following. I can see where he's done it over and over and over again. So I say, okay, that must be interesting. That must be interesting. So I notice he he's gone back and forth from near Ancona, Italy, from a town called Fano on the Italian coast, straight across several times. So that seems to be his route. And then coming back down Croatia. So, yeah. it's So I, I just was wondering, because I don't see anywhere to check out of Italy. So I don't think I need to check out. All I need to do is check into Croatia when I get there. Yeah, it's, it's checking in and checking out of um, Schengen countries is is difficult because unless you're coming out of the EU into a Schengen port and then you have to really make your make an effort to find a check-in port and check in because you know then they'll get a bit upset about it but if if you're leaving a Schengen country going to another Schengen country or even a EU country going to a Schengen country it's sort of they don't really want to be bothered with it okay good all right. So Unless you go to Syracuse, if you go to Syracuse, you go to the Anchorage, you're fine. If you go to Syracuse and you go to the Wall, you have to go to the Port Authority and go through a check-in process, and you know get your um, Constituto stamped and and the whole lot, and it will and you have to do it in and out uh, as soon as you touch that wall, and it's funny, it's just bureaucratic, and that place is like that. Syracuse, uh, means, Syracuse, Sicily? Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. So don't go to the wall then. Yeah, you're fine in the harbor. I mean, sorry, in the anchorage in the harbor. Yeah. You can anchor there. They don't care. 
uh, you, you're supposed to call them. So, you know, you call the port, ask for permission to harbor. They'll give you a lat long to harbor it, uh, to, mm -hmm. to anchor it. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as you tie up to the wall, you have to go in and go through the whole rigmarole, mm. even if you just came from Sicily. <laughs> from Sicily to Sicily, you have to check in and out. Do you have to check out yeah. when you leave the wall too? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Forget that nonsense. Um, yeah. and, and they want to see your insurance and the whole lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. changed so, a lot since I was there last time. It's big change. So it's certainly not a problem when we left um, Italy, headed to um, Croatia, and it was fine. Okay. Okay. And we went from San Benedetto or San Benedetto, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you went, worked your way up the east side of Corsica, and then did you come back down, or did you head out from there over to Spain? Uh, well, we unexpectedly went to France. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we'd, we'd heard all the f stories about the fact that, you know, there's not many anchorages and in south coast of France, and it's all marinas, and they're very expensive, uh, and it's really super busy in the peak time, uh, all that sort of stuff. And we thought, well, we'll just avoid uh, the south coast of France and, um, you know, head over to the Balearics and sort of maybe do Spain. But we had some friends that were there and they said, well, you know, we didn't really find that was the case. And you just need to be in the right places. And so we said, OK, where, where are the right places? Um so we went across um, and we went to uh, we went from Calvi, north part of um, Corsica, to a, a little anchorage um, that is just south of the Port of Cannes. So, and the other thing that we found surprising is that um, Cannes itself. Uh, as well as Antibes, uh, another great town and port. They're government-run marinas, and they were really, really reasonably priced. Like we were talking about, you know, 40 euro a night sort of thing for us. This is um, right in Con, that big marina right in Con? The big marina right in Con. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Uh, so you've got... The entire city of Khan <laughs> to explore. Um, obviously, all the you know you don't have to worry about the weather because you're in a marina and you get to explore the town. And if you go south, you'll see there's two little islands um, just south of the little peninsula that's next to that marina of Khan's, um, and they're very popular. And uh, the two islands themselves provide a Fantastic sheltered area with uh, lots of anchorage space. Yeah, I can so, see there's a. They would as long as it's not coming from directly east or directly west. You've got some pretty good, some pretty good s coverage there. Yeah, well, even if it's blowing a bit, it's fine. But there's no swell hitting it. Okay, okay. So yeah, it's pretty good. It's not too bad at all. Um, and yeah, we and. We also anchored around a little bit in a few of the bays, and you know we we saw <laughs> we saw all the mega yachts there. And when we had when one anchorage, we had 
pretty much the number two and number three boats in size and stature with missile defense systems and helicopters and all the rest right next to us in the same anchorage. Um, I think they were visiting a restaurant. It's just funny when you have a boat that size. I've just always heard horror stories of uh, the bureaucracy in France, and you didn't experience that then. No, not at all. Not not on that. There's so many boats uh, going in and out doing the same thing. They just get ignored. Um, okay, okay. You know, I, I think you would have to look and be suspicious before they get worried about you. Okay. You know, if you're a foreign flag vessel doing the same thing as every other foreign flag vessel is doing there and sort of enjoying the place, um, they don't, they, yeah, there was no problem at all. So I'm looking at Khan, and it looks like there's two marinas right in the bay. There's one on the east side and one on the west side. And uh, we were on the west side, right in the town. Okay, okay. Um, that one looks yeah. like it has more sailboats. The other one looks like it's more power boats. So. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the other one's sort of more clubby orientated. And then if you go around the bay further to the west, you know, there's, there's, there's a, other marinas that, that are not, and these are not government-run, they're privately run, okay. and they're far more expensive. And not as many boats in them either, so. Yeah. Okay. And on Thebes, if you get a chance to go to on Thebes, mm -hmm. fantastic place. Yep. Really? Okay. Definitely could do a winter on Thebes. Quite and that, interesting. And that's a uh, that's a uh, government-run port as well, then. Yes. Oh, it wow. is. Big marina yeah. too. It's a huge marina. It looks like. Yeah, it is very big. Yeah, huge marina. Uh, and again, very fairly inexpensive. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Uh, fantastic old town. Uh, and boat services galore, you know. Mm -hmm. Super yacht training services, chandries everywhere, that sort of thing. Cool. So you did you did France. I've not done any of France except for Bonifacio, so it's on my list of well, places to go. If you get yeah, if you get on Thebes, Cannes, that area, at least you won't be paying through the nose. And um yeah, and surprisingly, you know, yeah, there was space there. You were early so. in the year though too, weren't you? Where this is still at the end of uh May. Well this no, no. This by the time we got to France it was um later in July. Oh wow. So that's high season then. And you still had room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was totally fine. Um and then after that we ended up heading for the Balearics. Okay, so did you do a straight shot for the, the to the Balearics? Uh yes, we did. Um and that's because we had um, one of my son's friends on, on board the boat. So we headed straight to the Balearics, went for the big island, um, and so Mallorca as opposed to Mahon, which was closer, but Mallorca. Um, great. We caught some tuna on the way, which was, was nice. Oh, you got a tuna? Yeah. How many times and, have you uh, caught fish in the Mediterranean? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big day for you then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was a big day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, we went to to there and we sort of spent a couple of days there. Dropped um, 
my son's friend off with his parents who were holidaying there. Now, this is um, Mallorca, not Menorca? Uh, Mallorca, yes. The big island. The big island, Mallorca. M-A-L-L-O-R-C-A. Okay. So did you yep. go to Palma or were you on the north side there? No, we're on the north side, the okay. closest part up there. Um, yeah, there's a big Palenza. bay there. That, yeah, I've anchored in that port yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly protected. Mm -hmm. Although they also have a water bombing aircraft station there. So, you know, one morning wake up to this aircraft taxiing past the boat. And uh, he's off to do some practice. So it's a, it's, a, a, you know, a seaplane. Hmm. So seaplane water bomber. Oh, wow. Station. I, I got a letter from one of our listeners that, uh, that's a helicopter pilot, and he spends his summers uh, flying helicopters in Greece uh, for putting out forest fires. So he's a right, firefighter yeah. helicopter pilot, which is interesting. That means he has to work all summer then. Yeah, he does, but he's talking about buying yeah. a boat. So he's, he's, he was actually asking me exactly what you're doing, buying a boat over there as opposed to buying a boat over here. So we'll address his question in the Q&A at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, so then after that quick trip down to Balearics, we went back up to uh, Spain, mainland, and we hit Barcelona. Oh, you went to Barcelona, and right into Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah, yeah. It, it was fantastic. Enjoyed Barcelona. It was a great town. Not as cheap as Cannes and Antibes. Really? <laughs> as far as the marine is concerned. Uh -huh. More expensive because it's not government-run. Um but uh, the the town itself is obviously a, a definitely a blast. Did you get pickpocketed? Uh, no, we we watched out for that. Um, <laughs> we didn't. Okay. Heard lots of stories. Spoke to the taxi driver. It still happens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I mean it's full of tourists, but it's also full of police. Okay. As well. Yeah. So I think they're making an effort. I don't think they got rid of it, but they are making an effort. Well, I'll tell you, this summer, I, I haven't re, haven't told this story yet, but this summer I was sent, I took the boat, boat over from San Giorgio Island in Venice, took the uh, bus over to the main part, and what was I was walking, this is in the evening, I was walking around San Marcos Square, and immediately, yeah. just right next to me, a guy takes off and chases down another uh, person. He looked like he was more Middle Eastern. And as a guy, as he was coming at him, the guy dropped a wallet and started running, and the cop right. caught on to him. And that he, that was the cop was in San Marcos Square looking for pickpockets and spotted him, and was, right. grabbed him and walked him off right in front of everybody. So, picked up the wallet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that main walk uh, is full full of opportunities for them, and there's plenty of little streets for them to run off to. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's well known for that. So how long did you spend in Barcelona then? I think it was about um, four days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There's fantastic. a lot of lot of marinas there. I'm trying to figure out which one you went into then. Ah, okay. Um, it was, you sort of go right in and north. So there's one that's got a little pedestrian bridge. It's not that. It's more of... Just to yeah, the north of that pedestrian bridge then, right? Yeah, there's the southern marina that's... Yeah, okay. It's got more super yachts in it. It's designed... I think Dilbard, which is like the biggest super yacht by volume, actually fits into that marina. 
and they have pictures of it there as far as their promotional material is concerned. And um, yeah, fairly fancy marina, but uh, you know, easy, right in the middle of town, sort of the normal prices, not cheap. But yeah, do you have uh, do you have bicycles on your boat, Jack? No, but um, the thing about oh, and unfortunately, whilst this is a solution, at the same time, there's a lot of kickback against it. We found that this last summer, in a lot of major towns, there was um, access to um, pay-as-you-use scooters, mm-hmm. electric scooters, mm-hmm. and we were able to use them in a couple of places to to get around quite easily. We don't have bikes because we just don't have the storage room right. for them. Yeah. I thought on a big boat like yours compared to mine, you'd have lots of space for that. Well, not when you have um, three kids. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, Declan's taller than me, and, and so is Ruben now. So, you know, when they started on the boat, they weren't hitting their heads on anything. Now they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll have to address that somehow. <laughs> now, this is year number four for you over there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. Yep. Number four. Um, and, you know, we were told don't head into the Balearics in the peak season because it's really busy. And, of course, after Barcelona, we went back to Balearics. But, you know, that was the only time we were going to be there. And it was busy, but you could find some, you know, you could find space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but... It also obviously started to get warm, so sea surface temperatures, um, thunderstorms, and there were plenty of boats, uh, including you know the one that that I saw that had only gone on the rocks a few days before, but there were plenty of boats lost in storms in the Balearics over the time that we were there, and when I say plenty, of probably about six cases that we heard of it. Um, of boats on 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 the sort of rocks or on the sand. Um, two of them that we knew, um, and you know, you might anchor fine, and you've got your anchor in, and you're fine. But you know, 50 meters ahead of you, there's a boat dragging that drags across your chain, and off you go with them. And when it's 40 plus knots of wind. It's very hard to recover from that situation. So the last couple of years, the Balearics have been fairly intense with storms, uh, lightning storms. Had a friend struck there twice last... Well, had a friend that got struck twice by lightning, but he was struck there last year. Wow. Uh, and th- that beach that you talked about anchoring at, also last year they had floods there. Um, there was one person uh, drowned due to flash flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Palencia. Yeah, let me go back and look at that. So, you know, yeah, it's a yeah. very stormy part of the Med when it gets to the peak of summer. Yeah, I've anchored and in there. That's exactly where I've anchored in the past. Is that? And you really need to have your places to run to, um, ready. Because, okay. well depends which time of year, but certainly in the later part of the year, it seems to be the case. So, yeah, very busy. Um, watch the storms. But other than that, um, 
pretty great places. Mahon was a great port. Really enjoyed anchoring there. So you um, went up to uh, Menorca then, or my yeah, you went up to Menorca then too then. Yeah, we so did. So you hit all islands. of them then. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that Mahone is a fantastic port. It's, it's so protected. You read that about that in all the uh, all the uh, nautical novels. It's one of the main British ports up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So very protected. Um, you got marinas there, but there's a little anchorage not far from when you first get into the port, um, and you know we stayed there. It was a decent dinghy trip. Um, Unfortunately, um, our motor was having issues. It's, it was only a couple of years old, but it was having issues. Your dinghy motor? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's now being replaced, so okay. it's fine. No more problems. Well, for at least for a little while. <laughs> Are you still running the same dinghy that I, I saw you when I met you in Greece then? The same dinghy, or do you have to replace it? No. No, we replaced it twice. Okay, yep. yeah. That's one thing I have to do this summer that is buy a new dinghy for my boat because it's just not holding air anymore. It's just leaking somewhere, and I can't figure out where yeah. it's leaking. So. Yeah, we've got, we've got a um, 3.4-meter Zodiac flat bottom uh, on the inside, and it's fiberglass. Um, so with a 20 horsepower on it, so it's great. It'll plane with all five of us in it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a it's a long ways away from my two point five horsepower. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> engine. Well, it's it's always it's always funny seeing when you're you when you're on the dinghy and you're set, you're coming across in the dinghy and there's like one person lying across <laughs> the dinghy as opposed to sitting in it with legs out one side, head out the other. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you spent uh, quite a bit of time in the Balearics then. Um. I can't remember exactly how much time it was. I would say close to a month. Okay. Did you get around to the to the south side of uh, Menorca to Kayakovas, Kayaskovas, where have they all those caves in there? The south side. Uh, I don't think we did. Kayaskovas. No. Yeah, I think that's the name. No, we did. We didn't. But okay. there was a place that we found on the north coast, which was absolutely spectacular. Very small area. Um, and I'm trying to find it because I can't remember the name of Port it. Port Adia? Looks like it goes way back in there. Is that what I'm looking at? There's a little mm. port that was really protected. It's like a leg that comes way back inland quite a ways. It's, it's, it hasn't got a marina. It's just an anchorage. Right. That's what it looks like. Yeah. There's no. Well, there might be a little marina there, but okay. There's another one that's just an anchorage. Oh yeah, nice big sort of horseshoe bay, blue horseshoe yes. bay there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, it, it's got a river that runs in through there as well. Hmm. Um, that's that's very spectacular. Very picturesque. There's a lot of day boats that go there from. From the marina, actually, there is a marina. Um, Port de Sola. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. Okay, so at. Port de Sola is the marina. If you go north of that, you will find. Uh, you will find this particular place, and I can't remember the name of it. Well, if I'm looking at it, it's Arenal de Castel. C A S T E L. 
and it's a beautiful from Google Earth. It looks like a beautiful blue horseshoe bay. It's uh, you might be able to anchor in there, but it looks like it's got a lot of bathing beaches and umbrellas and stuff like that. Unless it's a different one you're talking about. Hmm. I'll have a quick look on my farmland, which will have tracked where I was exactly, and back to you on that one. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I think this is Cala Calabra. Calabra. Okay. Yeah. So definitely, if you have a chance, check out Cala Calabra, which is like um, C A L A C A L O B R A. Oh, it's trying to take me somewhere else. So Google Earth doesn't recognize that. I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just go to No Foreign Lands and look it up then. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another one, yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't spend a lot of time. Uh, well, we went pretty much past Ibiza. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, there's an anchorage... Uh, there on Fort Aventura, is it or Fort? Let's have a look. You know the the South Island next to Ibiza. Mm, yeah. With the beach on it. Oh yeah, Formentera, Formentera, Formentera. Yeah, that's the one, Formentera. Uh, and that was just jam packed with boats. I mean, obviously you get used to um, close quarter anchoring, mm-hmm. and you. you you just can't get upset by it because everyone does it. Yeah. Um, if it's good holding, they'll just, you know, the scope will be three to one and they'll drop so close to you that they'll just miss the boat if they swing. Uh, but the chances are they'll probably be staying on the boat anyway. But, yeah, really, really tight, close quarter anchoring during the daytime, crazy busy. Nighttime... All the day boats go, go away, at least you've got more space at night time to, to swing, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, not not really secluded. No, and that's where that's where everybody from Spain comes out and goes. That's the first place they yeah. can get to, and that's why it's so crowded yeah. there all the time. And it's always yeah, crowded mean, there. Yes, and, you know, we were there overnight because we were sort of taking a rest before heading to the mainland of Spain after that because we were heading off to El Miramar. But, you know, so it was like a last port of call. We weren't there specifically for anything but a break overnight. And, um, yeah, we arrived one night and left the afternoon of the next day. But, yeah, crazy, crazy busy. So you went straight from uh, Formentera to El Miramar or did you stop in Alicante or... Cordova or Cartagena, anywhere along there? Uh, we went straight to El Maramar because we had, we were starting to run out of time uh, and we booked a guy there in El Maramar to do some stainless steel work for us to put on an arch so that we could put some more solar on the boat. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've now got 1.4 kilowatts of solar on board. So... That's that was sort of booked in and pre-planned, and we had to get there. And then that took a little bit longer to to finish up. Plus, 
new life raft, new dinghy, new dinghy engine, um, a few other things, bits and pieces, bits of safety gear. Because we were sort of thinking of stopping off at Gibraltar and picking up some of the stuff, but as it turns out, Gibraltar's great if they've got it in stock, but because the, the Spanish don't really like Gibraltar being there, held by the, the Brits, it's apparently it's very difficult for them to get anything in in a hurry. So if you turn up at Jib, if it's in the Chandler, great. If it's not there, don't expect it anytime soon. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> whilst El Maramar was great, had um, very I think, good. I think um, Finding Avalon had all their rigging replaced in El Miramar, if, I, if I'm correct. I remember talking to them about that. Well, the, yes, Finding Avalon had their rigging replaced in El Miramar. Okay. They also um, gave me the same contact details for the fiberglass guy, sorry, for the stainless steel guy, okay. as I already had, which is Stuart. And the the rigger there was great, um, fantastic services, and you know easy to get stuff in. It's a great <clears throat> Almaron was a great port to depart from. Um, you know, had we wanted the same out of Gibraltar, I think we might have been <clears throat> a little bit disappointed in in getting things in. Um, you know, probably the services might have been there, but as far as getting stuff in. It was easy to get stuff into El Marimar. <clears throat> well, was that Jeez was me. that like a two day sail to get from the Balearics down then, from 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 down? Um, Could yes, you? it was. Yeah, because yes, that's a long hop. Uh, so you did a couple overnights to get there then. Yeah, we left the afternoon um, about four o'clock, and I think we arrived about eight o'clock after the second night. Yeah, because as a crow flies, it's about 237 nautical miles. So, yeah, that's a long yeah. hop. Yep. Yeah, and then, you know, we were there for, I think, a, a month. You know, we had some family visitors in in Spain. Um, actually, we were close to, to a little bit longer than that because, you know, it wasn't until Oct October, late October that we left and we headed straight for the Canaries from there. So... Like I said, if if you are doing a crossing, uh, El Marimar is a great port. I know they used to have a pretty reasonable winter community, but I think the winter community sort of died off. Marina de Ragusa's picked up a lot of their customers. Mm, okay. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit quieter there, but very much a British sort of town in Spain. I think there's a, a few British retirees there. The, there's two channelers. There's a Spanish one and a, a British-run one. So, you know, speaking English is not a problem if you're in, in that part of Spain. Um, so that made it easy. The town itself is a pretty small town with <clears throat> huge uh, acreages of, of tomatoes around it, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, they, the, if you look at Google Earth, you'll see just um, the place is covered by... By white plastic. Plastic, yeah. white plastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to go and see something, I mean, the Spaghetti Westerns are filmed not far from there. If you go to... Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the east, east of Almeria is Almeria. Uh-huh. I went to Almeria, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you go and go north of Almeria on A92, 
there's uh, there's a place called Fort Bravo. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So Fort Bravo, I think, was the fort that was in the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It looked like that anyway. But uh, but a whole bunch of spaghetti westerns were filmed in that area. Okay. Did you take uh, a side trip up there to see it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, they put on a show. I mean, it's got a, you know, it's got a working saloon, and they come in firing guns. And, of course, it all, it's all in Spanish. So <laughs> it's not like you understand what's going on, but it was certainly action-packed. All right, so that's where you prepared. You did a lot of grocery shopping there, too? Um, we did. It was amazingly cheap. Um, we found that, um, you know, Sicily was not an expensive place to stay. And I think Sicily is sort of a cheap the cheaper part of Italy. The further north you go in Italy, the more you're paying. Um, and I guess uh, the same thing is the case for Spain. Um, that southern part of Spain is, you know, far cheaper cost of living than other parts. Um, so reprovisioning there was very, very inexpensive. So if you if you could pick anything up that was going to last that long, it was a good place to pick it up. Um, <clears throat> but you know, having said that, here in the Canaries, uh, reprovisioning is very very easy as well. Oh, okay. Um, so it's not pro- it's not a problem to to provision in the Canaries then. No, I mean you know you you have the arc leaves Las Palmas um, every year. And they have about 300 boats spread between the Arc Plus and the normal Arc, and they all reprovision from the marina that we're currently in. Okay. Um, so there's very large supermarkets. You can pretty much get anything you wish delivered to your boat, no problem. All right. Well, so we're at 40 minutes now. I'm going to sort of rush. I hate to do this because I could talk to you for hours, and you know that. But where from Almiramar, did you go straight through the Straits of Gibraltar then, or did you stop anywhere along the way? Uh, so Almiramar, we went straight through the Gibraltar Straits. Okay. Yep, straight out of the, went straight out of the strait. <laughs> straight out <laughs> of the strait. And took, took a right left past, turn. <laughs> yeah, took a left turn, went right past Morocco. So there was some, you know, sitting out there in two to two and a half to say maximum three meter swells i think they were sort of more two and a half so now you got the atlantic rollers for the first time huh yeah 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 so the the great thing is that the the period was so large that you know Mm -hmm. they just went underneath the boat and it was fine we Mm -hmm. had a fantastic trip all the way down uh it was six days six nights from almerima all the way down to the canaries um so we yeah, you know, Julia picked a great weather window, so it was great for that. Um, but it was amazing. Like the, the roughest part that we did have, which wasn't that rough, you know, fairly comfortable. Um, you know, just looking out, and I go, "What is that?" And there's like this, this, this cross sticking out of one of the waves. And I'm thinking, "What is that?" And then you see it's like a a dinghy shaped boat um, out there, and it's in two and a half meter swells and you know, so you got the swell, and you also have the wind waves at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's a it's a bit of a choppy sea for a, for a small dinghy type shaped boat, <laughs> and uh, and we you know we're thinking we're thinking we're doing great sailing out here in the Atlantic Ocean and the big rollers and heading off to the Canaries, 
and there's a guy is a fisherman from Morocco and he's um in his wooden boat and he would have been twenty nautical miles off the coast. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and probably spends nights out there too doing it then. Yeah. Well I mean, you know, I called Julia up and we're adjusting course and we're thinking we're gonna head over and find somebody lying in the bottom of a boat <laughs> out at sea. But no, he's just out there fishing. <laughs> wow. So what was the first uh, landfall then in the Canaries? Um, so we went to uh, Lanzarote, mm-hmm. the island of Lanzarote, that, the longer island. Uh-huh. And we, we had actually planned to, um, to go into an anchorage on Lanzarote. And a lot of people uh, go to a place called Graciosa, which is like oh, north of Lanzarote, there's a very small island, and between that island and Lanzarote itself, uh-huh. there's an anchorage called La Graciosa. Okay. Uh, but we we didn't do that. We headed on further in, and we went to um, the marina, <clears throat> and it's the the main port, uh, which is Arrecife. Okay, so that's farther and, down. Oh, there it is. Okay, because I see there's a, yeah. another anchorage right at the very top of uh, of that island as well. Okay, but you came into... Yeah, and Arrecife, Arrecife. Has, has a protected anchorage as well. It used to be the old um, the old port, and it, and it now just has this wall. Um, and if you have a look, so if you look at the port of Arrecife, further south of as part of the city, but sort of south of the port, you'll see this wall that comes around. That used to be the old Oh, harbor. yeah. It looks like it's barely below the surface then. Is that right? Looks yeah, like I see a no, bunch of breakers they, on that. No, maybe I'm exactly. looking... Oh, is, okay. No, no, exactly. It's, they built it up a bit, but it, it forms a very protected um, anchorage in there. Oh, yeah. Now I see it because so, there's a road that goes out right to the very end of it then. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's a lot of boats one. anchored so, in there on this, this image. Yeah. And then also there were a lot of boats anchored in the harbour itself, in the northern part of that harbour, um, sort of west of one of the container. Yeah, uh, I see that. that. I don't see anybody anchored in this image, but I thought, well, that looks like a spot to anchor at as well. So, okay. It, yeah, it is. And there was like about uh, six or eight boats anchored there as well. Um, the, the port of Arrecife, I mean, the, the marina in Arrecife doesn't take bookings. Well, sorry, it does take bookings, uh, but it doesn't take deposits. So you get the situation where people have booked it, and they haven't paid a deposit, and they don't usually... It's very hard to turn up at that port if you're coming from the Mediterranean on a specific date. And they seem to run in this very confused situation where they always tell you they're full, but they actually always have space because they have all these bookings, and the slots haven't been filled because people are late by you know a day or so. But they won't necessarily allocate them to anybody else. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <I'm>, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah, it's just it's very strange, very strange. But yeah, you know, we we was we had um, a few weeks in Arrecife, and Arrecife is a great town, good services. It's fairly old, it, it, you know. It's an older port, but uh, not very touristy. They have cruise ships coming in every day. Um, but you know, you can certainly go to the restaurants and so forth and find 
relatively sort of local prices and, and so forth. So that was our first port. And then we went to Marina Rubicon after that. And we had a little bit of time in Marina Rubicon, which is the south side of the island. And it's where Playa Blanca is. And that's the British sort of, you know, everyone goes there for holidays. It's one of the, on Lanzarote, it's the place to go if you're a Brit and you need some sunshine. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, Delos was Delos was in at Marina Rubicon. Oh, okay. Um, That's where you met up with them then. It looks to me when I'm zooming in here that it's mostly powerboats in there. Is that right? The actual marina there? Yeah, there are a few powerboats in there, but... Um, oh, there's one on the right. I see two marinas here. There's a little one on the left and then another one on the right here. Okay. Yeah, the one on the right is is not the local... Yeah, the one on the right is the one where you yeah. have all the sailboats come in and... To the right, Trans I mean the, east, basically, yeah, okay. Correct. Yeah. Yep. And after Marina Rubicon, we came to Las Palmas, which is the, you know, we transited. It was another overnight, um, and we had to avoid a really interesting shipping channel, which you couldn't even cross. You had to, like, entirely stay out of. So between uh, Gran Canaria and... Uh, Fort Aventura, which is the island south of Lanzarote, there's a separation zone for that you, you can't even transit at 90 degrees. You have to actually totally go around. Really? So how do you yeah. how do you get around it then? Do you just have to go out well, and I, around and down? So we plotted a course um, that from Marina Rubicon, we actually stayed north enough to come around the top of it before um, hitting Grand Canaria. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, then we turned up in the morning and watched the Ark leave, went into the um, anchorage. They, they have a really funny system here where they won't let you come into the marina. Um, you actually have to turn up in the marina in your dinghy. And they won't let you book either. They don't accept bookings. So they have like an overflow anchorage area. So the idea is you turn up, you anchor, you put your dinghy in the water, <laughs> you come over and you then take a number. And it's like being at the DMV, right? <laughs> take, take a number. They've got a couple of rows of seats for you to sit at because they're usually quite busy. Um, things don't happen quickly either. So you take a number and then you go through the process of, paying for the marina, then they go out, get your boat, come into the marina after you're fully paid and all the documentation's done. How was the price at the marina when you got in there? Uh, dirt cheap. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, we're paying 11 euro a night. Okay, so that's why you can sit there and wait for a weather window for the passage then, so it's not so, you're not feeling yeah. rushed to get out of there then. No, not at all. I mean, you know, we, we've had a few other boats leave. Um, Julia's really enjoying doing some weather routing for them. We've, uh, the boats that have left, they're either in contact with the inReach, so Garmin inReach with text messaging on it, um, or the Iridium Go. Um, and there's three boats at the moment that she's sort of doing weather 
planning and routing for as they're crossing over boats that we knew that were heading off early. Um, and yeah, the you know, ability to sit here, reprovision, inexpensive marina. I mean, you can sit in the anchorage. They do charge you for the anchorage, but they allow you the facilities of the marina. Uh, the charge for the anchorage is four euro a night. So it's not gonna break the bank. And there's all these people looking for crew positions on boats. Like some of our friends had to put up signs so, so that's no a good that's a good heads up to anybody that wants to do a crossing. Fly into uh, Grand Canary, Las Palmas, and go go boat hopping, go dock walking, and look for a, a berth. Then, if they want to do a crossing, right? Well, it seems the news has got out about that. Oh, really? Because yeah, yeah. There's you know there's um, there's definitely a lot of people wandering around doing that. Uh, I think that the smarter ones have actually joined up certain crewing sites, either um, specific crewing sites or joined particular Facebook pages where, like, for instance, apparently, you know, Atlantic Crossing 2019 Facebook page um, or, you know, Atlantic Crossing 2019 East to West Crossing page and all that sort of stuff and joined those and advertised that uh, they're looking for crew positions. There's a lot of people walking around with backpacks on wanting to hop on a boat and they've had no experience on a boat at all. I mean, you know, if you take them on board, you sort of think, okay, it could be interesting, but at the same time, you don't know if this person is going to be sick as a dog for the entire trip and is a liability as opposed to any help whatsoever. Yeah. Um, whilst there's plenty of people out there that are competent crew with, you know, sailing experience that are on crew sites and these crew sites you, you can join for like five five dollars or five pounds or you know whatever mm -hmm. um and if you advertise a position it costs you nothing and i think as other people that want to come on a boat to do a crossing they also pay but the beauty about there is you have uh you know you have a resume that you get a chance to communicate with the person beforehand and there's been about four boats that we've known that have taken crew on board. Um, some of the crew even, they met them in Spain mm -hmm. and they spent a couple of days together in Spain before, Spanish mainland, mm -hmm. uh, before then being joined in um, the Canaries by the same people later. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's plenty of ways to do it, but if you're super desperate, you know, you can... There's, I think there's about 20 people walking the docks at the moment looking for boats to go across on. Okay. But out of those 20, I don't think any of them have actually been on a boat before. That's why they're still walking what? the docks in, huh? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, Jack, I'm going to call it an interview. I need to get somewhere else uh, right now. See if we can get talk one more time before you head off. You're going to be heading off around the 24th of December, 25th of December. 29th. So let's try to do one more interview before then, because we've jumped a lot of places and you, you're giving us a lot of great information. So let's try to do one more interview before you head off. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good, Franz. All right. Thanks, Jack. All right. Yeah. Have fun. See ya. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. 
so make a few. Go sailing. Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it. <laughs> 